Welcome to another Outside the Box, looking to history for answers and hope. Today's topic is Peasants' Revolt. Celebrating the 640th anniversary of any event may seem a bit odd, but hey, why not? Especially since this one's called the Great Rising. It was a revolt of mostly peasant serfs and free workers in England in 1381. It predated the storming of the Bastille in France and the revolution in this country by 400 years. After the plague, the first pandemic, had ravaged England and the rest of Europe in the late 1340s, the supply of workers shrunk considerably. Those who remained were needed even more by the wealthy, and some were starting to emerge from their serf status. At the same time, England was waging war against France and running out of money to pay for it. So a new poll tax was passed to pay for the war. This outraged all, serfs, workers, and the middle class alike. The Great Rising, also called the Peasants' Revolt of 1381, or Watt, spelled W-A-T, Tyler's Rebellion, named after one of its leaders, began as a confrontation with a debt collector. In the first two weeks of June, the Great Rising quickly spread throughout England, with serfs and peasants refusing to pay the poll tax, rioting against it, and attacking government workers trying to collect it. They beheaded several of then 14-year-old King Richard II's closest government allies and got the king to renounce all forms of serfdom. Besides Watt Tyler, two leaders in the beheadings were women, Joanna Ferrur and Catherine Gammon. Rebels opened the jails and released thousands of peasants who were being tortured. However, after the death of Tyler during a peasant riot and the recalling of government troops from France and other parts of England to London, the uprising was suppressed within a month. Richard reneged on the promise of ending serfdom. Many of the peasants and workers who led the rebellion were killed or imprisoned. However, the poll tax was withdrawn and some laws oppressive to serfs and workers were changed to their benefit. Pressure to end the serf system, hardly different from slavery, continued to build, and serfdom slowly disappeared in the next century. England eventually ended its war with France, primarily for financial reasons. Poverty lessened. Many serfs were able to buy their way to freedom. The Peasants' Revolt became a popular topic in history and was even a motivator for both French and U.S. revolutions. Although the peasants and workers were initially labeled, quote, beasts or misguided fools, end quote, by historians, they are now recognized as having legitimate grievances and courageously, if violently, acting to overcome oppressive policies and laws. England has certainly not been the only country to experience a peasant revolt. France, before its 1789 revolution, and the Ottoman Empire were two others. In the 20th century, 
a number of peasant revolts have been considered successful. Author James Scott mentions China, led by Mao Zedong, Vietnam, Ho Chi Minh, Mexico, Emiliano Zapata, and perhaps Cuban and Russian revolutions as being peasant-led. There have been slave uprisings as well, mostly failed, as early as Spartacus during the Roman Empire. In this country, revolts led by Nat Turner in 1831 and Denmark Vesey in 1820, too, are often cited. There's also the successful slave uprising that liberated Haiti in 1803. Of course, peasants, or today's underpaid workers, don't have to pick up a bow and arrow, or axe, or now a gun, to resist an oppressive system or workplace. They do it every day, just by non-cooperating, coming late or leaving early, sabotaging something at the workplace, stealing, claiming ignorance, or just plain old foot-dragging. That kind of peasant revolt has been going on well before 1381. Would you support a peasant revolt like the Great Rising? I'm Larry Danzinger, wanting all peasants to throw off their chains. <laughs>